Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we say thank you for today. We thank you for a time like this. We thank you, Lord, because we're about to receive from you what you have prepared for us. Even as we sit down, Father, we pray that you'll speak to our hearts. We ask, Lord, that we'll leave here satisfied that you have spoken to each one of us. Lord, we'll go out with your blessings, with your anointing, and we'll rejoice because we have met you. Even as I speak, Father, I pray that I'll speak your words alone and not my words in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The heat is starting, isn't it? I can see people are a little bit uh, tired, but we won't be tired in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, just before I start, I would like to uh, welcome my sister. I think um, we prayed for you. Sister, come on, Lafayette, please can you stand up. I just saw her in the crowd. So give her a round of applause. <laughs> Hallelujah. My sister, you're welcome back from Nigeria. And the Lord that has comforted you in these time times will continue to comfort you in the mighty name of Jesus. We as a church have been praying for you. And we know the Lord is with you. He is the father of the fatherless and protectors of the widow. So you're in a special place in his hands in the mighty name of Jesus. If there's anything we can do as a church, please, you're part of us. And you're welcome once again. You may have your seat. God bless you. Hallelujah. So a recap from last time, 13th of January. What did we talk about? I'm going to be a teacher today. 13th January, what do we speak about? Recap, recap. Let me see whether we were in church. Last time I was here, it was the 13th of January, I think. Man of God. Not a man of God. Man of God was a men's meeting. <laughs> you can still remember it. Hallelujah. Somebody said fellowship, but... Every, eh? Cononia. Everyday Cononia, isn't it? Hallelujah. That was some good... Good, good. Some, I have some good students here that have remembered it. We're talking of everyday kononia, okay? And we said kononia, okay, is fellowship that is God ordained. Am I correct, sister? Do you have the slides, please? Is 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 a fellowship that is God ordained, Christ centered, okay, and spirit led. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah! Isn't it? That is what we mentioned. What kononia is, isn't it? And we defined it. We had a definition, okay? And the definition is, kononia is translated from a Greek word which refers to concepts such as fellowship, joint participation, the share one has in anything, a gift, jointly contributed, a collection, a contribution. It identifies the idealized state of fellowship and unity that should exist within the church, the body of Christ. And we also mentioned two things. Kononia always begins internally and manifests itself externally. Okay? And Kononia always begins with someone's relationship with God and then affects his or other relationships with others. And the reason why I'm saying this is I'm just trying to bring us from where we're coming from and what we're going to build on for today. Okay? And we said there are two types of Kononia. We spoke about the vertical Kononia and the horizontal. Am I correct? Some of us, as we age, 
we participate more of the horizontal colonia, isn't it? We're expanding that way. But today we're going to be speaking about the vertical colonia. Now, just not to, for us to be biting our tongues, I said vertical fellowship. Colonia is fellowship anyways. So we're talking about the vertical fellowship and vertical fellowship with God. Hallelujah. Are we together? Okay, so I've just given a recap just for us to be able to move to where we are today. And I think during that message I said we're going to talk about the vertical one, isn't it? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And we'll start with the history of fellowship. Okay? The history of fellowship. And the first example I will talk about is Adam in Genesis 3, 8 and B. Genesis 3, 8 and B. And it says here, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, that was the beginning. God created Adam for fellowship with him. Okay? And he put him in a garden because he wanted to have fellowship with him. And he was walking in the cool of the day. That means they had a standard time in which they met. He heard God's voice at that particular point in time. God made him for all relationship. For having a discussion, for having a communication with him. Don't forget, woman was created later on to accept to be with Adam. And that was all about fellowship. That was the first instance about fellowship. God said, let us make man in our image. Talking of three people and Adam in one place. So if we were made to fellowship with God, what has gone wrong that we cannot fellowship with him now? You know, everybody says, let's go back to reset. Let's go back to how it was meant to be. That was how it was meant to be. Are we together? The second one, second example I'll use is Enoch. Genesis 5, 24. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Hebrews eleven five says, By faith, Enoch was taken away, so that he did not see death, and was not found, because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had his testimony that he pleased God. Hallelujah. He had a testimony that he pleased with God. It says, Enoch walked with God. I want you to understand this. There are ways we walk, isn't it? I can walk and I'll be in front of somebody. Most times you will see small kids, they're walking with their parents. Sometimes our wives also are behind us, maybe because our strides are, are longer. Or maybe because you're upset. And the husband's walking up and the wife is falling back. That's how you know. If you see that there's a problem at home, maybe the husband is striding off and the wife is falling behind. Okay? But what are we talking about? Enoch walked with God. That means one leg was going and they were walking together. That's what it means. And when you're walking with someone, that means you're very, very close. Are we together? There's something, I'm not too sure what happens in the Asian continent. My son just noticed it. He said he sees two men holding hands together. And they're walking. And for him it's strange that two men are holding hands together. And we said it's a cultural thing, but that shows how close they are. 
Are we together? And when we say Enoch walked with God, that means that he was walking with God. God was with him. And it was not too much. I think Brother Ken was talking about people going back and forth. So maybe God was going to heaven and he was just, he forgot that he was holding on to Enoch and he just ended up in heaven. I want to be in that position. And he said his testimony pleased God. Only two people we know that went to heaven. Enoch and who? Yeah? Elijah. Elijah. They didn't tell me the testimonies about Enoch. But with Elijah, I can know and we can see what Elijah did that pleased God. So, when that means it shows a life that pleases God in fellowship, in obedience to God, when you're walking with somebody, you cannot be walking in a different direction. Am I correct? You cannot be going that way when you're walking with you. You're all going the same direction. You're on one accord. They were in unity. That shows us what God had in plan for us. Now, when that happened, things changed. After Adam sinned, we were no longer able to see God face to face. We were not able to fellowship face to face. And that's when the sacrifice came into place. We had to go for an atonement constantly. And if you read the Bible, that's when you found out there was the Ark of the Covenant when the children left, where God will stay in a place, okay? And you had the Holy of Holies. I have a video. We'll watch the first one. Short video, please. If IT, if you can, if you can just play it a second. It's, a, it's, a, it's just about the Holy of Holies. Holies. Can I just increase the volume, please? Just beyond the veil was the Holy of Holies. Love the that, veil please. was opened only once a year. In a spirit of awe and reverence, the high priest parted the veil to reveal the Ark of God's Covenant. It was then that the high priest entered to meet with God on the Day of Atonement. Here we behold the glorious presence of God manifested in the Shekinah glory. The room is filled with its beautiful light, a promise that someday the world will be filled with the glory of God's radiance. On the ark rested the solid gold lid, with the cherubim looking on to show heaven's interest in the kind of people we are. This is the place of atonement. Stored in the ark, with the reminders of God's relationship with his people, the daily portion of manna, the rod that blossomed, and the Ten Commandments written with God's own finger. These two tables of stone describe the way God has asked us to live. They are a testimony of what God is like and how we can become like him. With a golden censer filled with burning coals, and a measure of two handfuls of incense, the white-robed high priest stepped before the ark. Finding his place between its poles, he moved reverently towards the place of atonement. Placing the censer on the floor, 
he carefully pours the incense over the glowing coals as the incense floods the entire chamber with its cloud of incense, where the incense continues to burn. This was to make atonement for the people, signifying God's saving activity to bring us back into harmony with him. Again, the high priest enters before the ark carrying the golden vessel filled with spilt blood. Standing on the same spot, he dips his finger into the vessel and sprinkles it once upon the ark. And seven times on the ground, This is the golden focus of God's atonement with us. It is here, before the presence of God, that we experience a depth of relationship that our hearts have been yearning for. This is unity with our Creator. Hallelujah. That was just a short clip for us to an animation to see what it was like in those days. Once a year, one person that will enter the Holy of Holies. Only him could enter the presence of God. The part about it you don't know is that maybe the, the uh, tabernacle was three different parts. But this was the last part that only one person could enter. He had to enter with a rope. With a rope. If he was unclean, he'll be pulled out dead. Don't forget what was inside the ark. The word of God. Let's remember that. Well, I'll come back to it. The word of God was inside the ark. There were other things, but I want you to remember the word of God. was that. But there was only one person once a year. That continued the tradition. Okay? Are we together? Until when Jesus came. They were still practicing that. One person once a year. Please play the second video. At what happened at Jesus' time that changed things. In the ancient Jewish temple, a large veil blocked access to the Holy of Holies, where the presence of God dwelled. It was a constant reminder that sin separated us from God. Nobody was allowed in except for the high priest, and then only once a year. On the Day of Atonement, the High Priest would pass through the veil to offer a sacrifice for the sins of Israel. This continued for generations because the sacrifice could never be good enough. Fortunately, it was just a foreshadowing of what was to come. 2,000 years ago, something changed. A new sacrifice was offered, a perfect sacrifice. One final sacrifice for all of time. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. He paid the ultimate price so that the sins of all men could be forgiven. At the moment of his death, the large veil in the temple, the very thing that represented centuries of separation from God, was torn. Torn in two 
from the top down, showing that this era of separation was over. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the Holy of Holies once and for all time and secured our redemption forever. Hallelujah. That's what happened when Jesus died. Significantly, it was dark. There was an earthquake. And of all things, this curtain was split down. God has given us access to him. Hallelujah. Now, if the thing you don't understand about this, you think it's the curtain in your house. Historians said it was three inch thick. But that was what was decided that was ripped. That was the significance that God said, I want fellowship with you. Matthew 5, 27, he said, And Jesus cried out with a loud voice, I yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. That was mentioned before they said the earth quaked and the rocks were split. That was the first thing that happened. From top to bottom, nothing was holding it. I showed you the two videos to know what it was like before and how it was now. This is the dispensation that we're living. God has given us direct access. 1 John 1, 3, 3 says, That which we have seen and heard, we declare that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son and Christ. Hallelujah. What greater thing from somewhere that I could not go, somewhere I could not speak, someone had to do it on my behalf. Now I have direct access to him. Now I have direct fellowship with him. Hallelujah. Are we together? And that's all God wants us to do, to have fellowship with him. Let's fast forward to Revelations. Okay? I'm taking from where Adam started and we're going now to Revelations. Revelations 5, 13 says, And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, such are in the sea and all that are in them, I had seen blessed and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever Amen. Hallelujah. That's the final destination. Fellowship with God. Giving him praise. Worshipping him. We started with Adam. And this is Revelation. The only thing that has changed was that when Jesus died, we had direct access. And that's the access that we're going to have up to the end if you're born again. If you are giving your life to Christ. Are we together? Are we together? Now, one of the things that you know that came different when Jesus died, then we had to come and do certain rituals. You saw the priest sprinkling the blood, doing all different things that was required at that particular time. But in this new dispensation, how are we to worship God? How are we to fellowship with God? Only one way, and that is in spirit. Are you together? We fellowship by spirit. John 4, 24, to back it up. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. 
Now, you will see I'm talking about fellowship and I'm talking about worship. When it comes to God, when it comes to God, it's talking about worship. Because that's all we have been created to do, to worship God, isn't it? That is our fellowship with God. That is our contract with God, to worship him, to fellowship with him. So if I use those words interchangeably, they're the same thing. Are we together? Are we together? Okay? So we are created beings to fellowship, to worship God. And that's what you can see in Revelations, what the creatures and angels were doing. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. It says, May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and what? And the what? Fellowship of who? Be with you all. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We see that grace. Sometimes we forget the words we're saying, isn't it? We forget to define what we're saying. It's talking of the fellowship of the Spirit. God is Spirit. And we need to worship Him in... Someone added truth. I'll come to that. You're absolutely correct. Now, I'm going to move to something else. Types of vertical fellowship. Types. There are various types. There are various types of vertical fellowship. One, worship by praise. Hallelujah. Worship by praise. We need to praise God. We need to sing to God. That's why it, it baffles me when we have a praise and worship leader and someone is singing and everybody's just like this. Like you're like zombies. You didn't come to see the praise and worship leader. You came to meet God. You came to enter his presence. You came to sing to him. You're not singing unto man. What I expect when you come to church is you'll be lost inside it. Are we together? You'll be lost in praise because you know who you met, who you have come, who has opened the curtain for you, who has given you direct access. I don't need the praise and worship leader to ginger you because you know you came here for business. Am I correct? Everybody has his own way of leading praise and worship, but you have to keep to it. Brother Tony might be doing different from Brother Matthew, but you have to key it your own self, your own way, into what is being sung. Brother Tony was leading today. My own key was just, I was just praying in tongues. As he was singing, I was praying in tongues. Somebody else might be singing, and I'll be singing out loud. But the thing is, you have to key into it. Now, come back to the choir. <laughs> you also have a responsibility. What's your responsibility? Tell me. As a praise and worship leader, what is your responsibility? Thank you very much. Your leader has answered it. To answer the people to the praise place of God. That's all you're doing. And for you to do that, you have to be in spirit. You have to leave everything and say, I'm going to take everybody here to God's presence. So if people in this church are not in God's presence, you also have a part to be held responsible to. Not as individuals, but as a group. Whatever you do has to be in one voice to bring them to the presence of God. It was only the Levi priests that could go to the Holy of Holies. I want you to look at yourselves as those Levi priests in this place. 
taking people there. Hallelujah. What kind of songs? Different kinds of songs. I was in a discipleship course and someone said, oh, is it okay for me to listen to rap music? <laughs> Young person, am I correct? We have different types of music. The type of music that, that reigned during my time is different for the time that will reign now with kids of nowadays. Now I don't even know what this kind of music genre they have. Maybe during Brother Matthews and it was country music. Hallelujah. You know what am I, what am I saying? And I, my answer to them is, if it's spiritual music, I don't have a problem. Okay? And they said rap music. I opened the phone and I brought out a rap group, a full Christian rap group that they have. The lyrics are all based on the Bible. It says, is it available? If it's country music, you have people that sing Christian music that their lives are Christians themselves. And they sing it. Whatever you into praise. Can speak in, can sing in Tamil. He can speak in Telugu. In Igbo, in Yoruba. One thing I love about the Yoruba people from Nigeria, they know how to praise God. When they start doing it in their language, you just feel like you can't even speak the language. Hallelujah. That's something that they have inside them. And I admire it. Hallelujah. Isaiah 43, 21 says, These people are formed for myself that they shall declare my what? My praise. Revelations 4, 18, 11. And I read that the living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around them. And they did not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was, is, and is to come. Whenever the living creature give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne. Verse 11 says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power, for you created all things. And by your will, they exist and were created. Hallelujah. You must not have a beautiful voice. I don't have. And I have my, my brother also that helps me out, Brother Ken. He says, I think we're in the same category. We can shut ourselves and we'll sing. But in, if we were to join choir, I think the choir will be disbanded. Hallelujah. But in your own way, in your own room, you sing. You sing. You wake up with a joyful song. You're in your car, you blast your music. It's to who? It's to God. Are we together? You do not need to have a voice to sing. You do not need to have a voice. Sometimes my wife says, ah, you're off key. I say, ah, oh, I'm singing to God. It's not to you. Are you together? Because it's he alone that deserves the praise. Number two, worship him with our dance. <laughs> that, was a, that was a very funny one. Not everyone knows how to dance, isn't it? But we're mandated to dance unto the Lord. Isn't it? And I'll give you scripture examples. We know the story of David. David came back from battle and what did he do? He danced. He danced unto the Lord. And what did his wife said? She said, I read 1 Kings 2.20. Then David returned to bless his household. To bless his household after he came from victory. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, Oh, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants, as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. 
So David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord and I'll even be more undignified man than this and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maid servants of whom you have spoken by them, I'll be held in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Hallelujah. What a drastic punishment. If what his wife said was true, this would not be, punishment would not have been given to her. Are we together? David did not care about anything. I like the jibe he gave her. Well, I'm dancing to the one that has appointed me over your father. Isn't it? He replied her, gave it to her. But he was dancing before the Lord. That is what we're asked to do, dance before the Lord. If you see anybody in the choir getting down, dancing, the person is dancing to the Lord. It's not to you. You, wherever you are, you stand up and you dance, provided it's to your Father in heaven. That is fellowship. We're worshiping God. Psalm 150, verse 1, 6, from 1 to 6. I'll read verse 4 there. Psalm 150, verse 4. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Music and dance. A lot of us come from conservative church. We won't even sing, isn't it? Some of the churches we went to, you see them. In fact, they won't clap. Sometimes they say if something does good, they will raise their hand. But that has changed over time. You see people clapping unto the Lord. Before, you see people dancing, one step in, one step up. Am I correct? But now you see people eh, getting down. Because what? They're celebrating God. The next one, worship by service. Worship by service. My time is running out, so some of these things you might have to go back home and go and look into it. Luke seven thirty six to 50. And I read, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. Pharisees, understand this, Pharisees. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flax of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed him with the fragrant oil. Expensive perfume. Use that to come and wash his feet. Not water. Sinful woman, according to the Pharisees. You can term it maybe a prostitute or whatever it is. But she came and broke her alabaster box. Say, this is the expensive thing I have. I have nothing but you, but this is my service unto you. And I think the women, the women dramatized it during the meeting last year, isn't it? If I'm not mistaken, alabaster box. That was fellowship. That was worship. That was service to God. And what did Jesus get? And then he said to her, your sins are forgiven at the end of everything. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Hmm. 
You're the worst sinner. In the city, they knew her as a sinner. But God says your sins are forgiven. Because of what? Because of an act of service. We have people in church. People that will keep church running. People that will provide things in church. Nobody sees them. People that will see a need in the church. And they'll bring out their finances to do it. That is service. And God blesses them secretly also. They might do it secretly, but God knows and God will bless them. And you'll be wondering why they're flourishing. Because they are worshipping God in the form of service. Yes, belonging to a ministry is required. That's another form of service. I was in my NG4C and uh, there was a young guy. He said, oh, that uh, he has joined a ministry. And I looked at him. I said, how long have you been here? He said, five months. And I said, okay, you have already graduated to join a ministry. I looked at my other youth. I said, okay, some of you, how long have you been here? They have not joined anything. Yes. But five months, somebody has followed the process to join a ministry. What are you waiting for? Are you fellowshipping with God without service? Now, this incident is different from another one that was in Mark also, just to point it to you. And when Jesus was in Bethany, and this is uh, Matthew 26, 6. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him to have an alabaster flask of very costly fragrance, and she poured it on his head. One said she washed her feet, one said she poured her head, but they're different versions. That shows you the significance of what service is in the household of God. It's a form of fellowship. It's a form of worship. So my question to you, what service do you have in the household of God? What service are you rendering to God? Think about it. We're talking about vertical fellowship. Where is your service? Think about it. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Are we together? Number four, how do you worship him? By giving. <laughs> By giving, isn't it? Luke 21, 1 to 4. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting two mites. So he said, truly I say to you, that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. You need to worship God with giving. Are we together? I'm not going to stress this because I know I've, I've given sermons about giving. And I don't, want to, I don't want to push too much of it. I know how I've been blessed by fellowship with God in the place of giving. But I can't complete this message without even telling you. It's important for you to give. Sometimes I have debates about people saying 10% tight. Why should I give 10%? No. If you love God, you'll give more than 10%. That's the minimum. But if you love God, you'll give more. Who that will, the child will ask for bread, he'll give him a rock. If you give the limit of saying, give me a child only 10% and the child only goes more than 10%, you'll kill yourself to go and get more than 10%. Sometimes you even go and borrow. Am I correct? 
So you need to give God. I come from a culture, I'll tell you a story. You might laugh about it. I come from a culture, you can't go and say elder empty-handed. Anybody from Nigeria here? Am I correct or am I wrong? You can't go and say elder without giving anything. It's an act of worship, it's an act of fellowship. And here I was one day, I went to Nigeria. And the city where I have my houses is like two hours away from my village. And when you get home, there's a lot of people coming to visit you. There are a lot of issues you're solving, which cost a lot of money. Now, from my city to my wife's city is almost three hours. And I have to pass my, my mother's village to get to my wife's city. And the family house, off the main road, there's a road that goes there. But the family house is at the close at the end of the village. And the way our villages work, most of the houses are by the roadside. Even when you go to the villages and whatever, it's the towns, whatever, it's the houses are by the roadside. So if I'm going to my mother's house, I have to pass almost all the houses along the village to go there. And I was leaving the city, and my mom said, oh, your uncle wants to see you, this and this, you have to greet your uncle. And I looked at my mom, and I said, I'm not going. She said, no, you, can, you have to go. They have been asking about you, you have just come in from, but you have to go. I said, mom, I don't have anything in my pockets. How can I go empty-handed? Do you know, it became a serious, a serious debate. Then, you know, mothers are very, very smart. So I had my little cousin that was with me. Well, he's a young man. And he was going home. He said, okay, go with your elder brother and go home. So I was the driver. I was there, and then my, my, little, my cousin was there. And I said, okay. So this one wants to tie me to go to the village. Do you know what I did? I'll tell you this, I'll confess. I got to the main road, and I told my cousin, I said, I'm dropping here. You can walk in, but I cannot enter there, because how can I enter and go and greet my uncles and say, hello, bye, I'm gone. I said, you walk in, I'll call them. When I come out to Oman, I'll send something to them, but I can't go on my own and go and see them like that. And I called them, I said, sorry, I couldn't enter. But I'll send a message for you later on. Now, that, I, that is human beings that I dread going to go and see empty-handed. Then talk less of our Heavenly Father that we cannot give, we cannot fellowship and give him what he has given us. After all, he's the one that has even given us. Are we together? Praise the Lord, are we together? He owns the silver, he owns the gold, but it's an act of fellowship. Come and someone invites you for dinner. You come with something else to come and add into it. Isn't it? You won't come and eat his food without giving something to him. You come to the house of God and you cannot bring something to God and say, God, this is what I have. And we're not asking for millions. We're not asking for anything. The widow gave her a small mite. Okay? That's all I have to say about giving. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't say more. But for me, it's something that I'm passionate about. But you have to understand it yourself. Praise the Lord. Number five. You need to fellowship or worship with God with time. Luke 2, 36 to 38. Now, there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Anuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple. 
but serve God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke to him to all those who look for redemption in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. What a wonderful testimony. Who's 84 years here? I don't think there's anybody. Praise the Lord. I know the old, the old men, I know the men that are older, and I think I know where they are, but they have not reached 84. 80. They have not even reached 80. But Anna was 84. Found in the temple. Serve God with fasting and prayers. What is testimony? We're just asking 24 hours. We're just asking for a portion of your time to fellowship with God. To be in his presence. And we cannot offer that. I believe Enoch had 24 hours a day. Okay? And Enoch, those 24 hours was with God. That's why he was, not, he, was, he was taken. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you should go and leave your secular jobs. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But even when you're going to your secular job, you're going with God. You're praying. You're discussing. You're communicating with God. When you enter your God, it's God that you're speaking with. When you're discussing with your wife and your children, God is present there. Are we together? That is what we're talking about, the time given to God. Of course, there's mandated time that you have extra. Your secular job is eight hours a day. You have the other hours, isn't it? What are the other hours involved in? You can't communicate with God. Even when you go and fellowship one another, God is there. We have extracurricular activities. Don't get me wrong. Free too. Some people play tennis. Am I correct? Some people play basketball. Some people play football. But God is there. It's an avenue also for you to be able to minister to people. I play basketball and we have started talking my faith with other people. It's a way of connecting with people. So don't ever look at it that, oh, I must leave these things and just only come and sit down in church. If you did that, Pastor Abraham will even get tired of you. You say, don't you have a home? Don't you have a house? Don't you have something to do? But God has put us in the community to be able to affect those things, to be able to speak to those people. So when, they see, when we're talking about that time, that's the time we're talking about. But then there are other activities that the church does to bless people. That you come to. Prayer meetings. Night vigils. Women's meeting tomorrow. How many of you are going to be there? You know something? It's a challenge. If you don't come, most times you might be on TV, isn't it? Or the, now they have made it very easy. It's a phone. But actually you don't do anything. Substantial. That goes for the men. Tomorrow morning. I know you won't be anything 536. You're sleeping. So if I don't see you, you're sleeping. Come, let's fellowship together. Let's talk together. Let's communicate with one another. Let's encourage one another. That's why we're talking about time. 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 Fellowship takes time. Fellowship is not about no time. You have to invest into something. You have a business. If you don't invest into business, it will die out. In your secular job, you don't invest into it. I, ha I have some 
graduates. And they feel that whatever they learn on the job is enough. I told them, it's not enough. You have to invest your own personal time to become the expert. I'm your manager today. It's not because I, I was doing that. I said, there are times I spend my weekends reading new standards, doing different things. It's not everything the company will buy for you. I've had to spend money to get relevant standards to update myself. Not that the company does it. You're investing time. And for us to have that vertical relationship with God, we need to invest time. Enoch invested time. Are we together? I can see the kids come back, so my time is up. Uh, number five. Number six, sorry. Which is very important. We fellowship with God by prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are we together? Have ever, has anybody gone to ever date somebody to your plan to go and get married? Are we together? And when you want to go and get married, you don't go and sit down and look at your bride like that. They might bring you together and anything. You don't go and sit down in a chair and let's look at you. You have to what? Are you getting what I'm saying? When you go to someone to visit somebody's house, you don't go and just sit down quietly. And they bring you drinks, you drink, they bring you food, you eat, and you go. You have to what? Discuss. Am I correct? You need to do that. That is fellowship. Once you don't discuss, it's not fellowship. So with God, what does that require? How do you discuss with God? Prayer. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Individual, corporate, family-wise, it's prayer. You're talking to your father in heaven. When Enoch was working with God, they were not keeping quiet. They were talking, they were chatting. They were... Am I correct? And he was no more. It's the same thing. We need to talk to God. First thing in the morning, you're talking to God. Last day and night, you're talking to God. During the day, you're talking to God. There's a time for you to gather together. When they call night vigil, everybody should be there to pray in one voice. That's how the early Christians did it. Am I correct? You cannot grow. You cannot have a good relationship with God if you're not committed to prayer. If you're not devoted to a place of prayer. Are we together? I'm not going to hammer that. That might be another sermon that God will, will, talk, to, will talk to me, but it's very important. So I've itemized six things, okay? Six areas, okay, that I think you should be able to types of fellowship with God. Our praise, our dance, our service, excellent, giving, time, prayer. Hallelujah. Good students, I'll come back two months time, I'll ask for Rika. <laughs> Hallelujah. But how do I do all these things? God just said, just come. Just come. When that curtain was open, everybody come inside. There was an advert in Nigeria then. They would say, everybody come in. God is saying, everybody come and fellowship. There are only two conditions. 
you need to come and worship in truth and spirit. I think Brother Lyndon said that. You need to come and worship in what? Truth and spirit. If you're not born again, it's very important that you give your life to Christ. Because God is spirit. And we need to worship him in spirit. Things that God will reveal to you in spirit, someone else might not be able to give it. You need to give your life to Christ. By chance, you're sitting in the audience here. You have not given your life to Christ. Come and meet one of the elders. And we'll talk you through. I think Pastor mentioned it eh, eh, yeah, last, last sermon, isn't it? He beautifully displayed it on the slides. And when you put it on the slides, there were three things. A, B, A what? Accept what? B. And C, confess. Halas. Finished. Isn't it? And we'll talk you through that ABC if you're not there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The next condition is come with a clean heart and a clean mind. Okay? Hallelujah. When you come to fellowship vertically, come with a clean heart and a clean mind. When you come to church, leave whatever burdens are outside there. You will always have burdens. There will always be issues. But once you come to the front of your God, forget every other thing. When you're praying, leave your phone aside. Just come to God. God has asked you to come to fellowship, but just come as you are. When those that were invited for the feast, they did not come. You just said, go and pick anybody along the street. Isn't it? Come as you are. Sometimes we're very judgmental in this household of God. Are you with me? There's a certain persona that we expect people to have. But Jesus Christ is saying, come as you are. I want to have fellowship as you are. You might not dress properly. God wants you to come. You might have issues in your life. You're not living a holy life. God is saying, first of all, come. We'll sort that along the way. But the most important thing is, I want you to come. Imagine when the curtain was cut into two. Do you think it was only the Levites that could get in? There were sinners that were going there. Am I correct? He has opened the door. He has asked us to come. But come with a clean heart. Okay? Come with a clean mind. And say, God, I come as I am. I'm not perfect, but I come as I am. I've come to service today. I have issues, but Lord, please, I am here as I am. I'm here to fellowship with you. There are things at the back of my mind, but to come as I am. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. As we have said before, vertical fellowship is God-ordained, Christ-centered, and spirit-led. What did I say? Is God-ordained. Is God has ordained it from the beginning. If you look at what I said in the history, it's focused on Christ. Okay? It's focused on Christ. You're looking up to Christ, isn't it? God has planned it, but is led by the Spirit. Okay? So in conclusion... I think my time is spent. And I'll say this. And I'll say this. Choose to make it right with God every day. 
so as to be good in good standing with all men. Okay? If you're right with God, you will be in good standing with all men. God bless you. I pray 2020, 2013 will be a year, okay, that you have a closer walk and fellowship with God. God bless you. Let's put our hand together for Jesus. Hallelujah. The curtain is opened. The door is open. All you need to do is to walk in and fellowship with him. The death of Jesus Christ himself has given us the direct access to fellowship with him. Today, I want to ask you, how do you choose to fellowship with him? What is the form that you are taking to fellowship with him? You have the access. Are you making the opportunity that God has given unto you to fellowship with him? God is good all the time. He is always welcoming us. Don't look at your past. The moment you take that decision to fellowship with him, he will walk with you. Amen? So what are the form of, what form you are fellowship with him? That is with God. How do you praise him? When you praise, do you support that with dance? What type of services are you rendering unto God? When you come for Friday service like this, what is occupying your mind? Worship by giving. Are you making sacrifice? Are you giving your time unto God? Are you giving what God has given unto you to serve God? Your timing. A sad time are you coming into the house of God? Do you devote your time for God? Above all, do you talk to him? Or you just come to fellowship with him without uttering a single word? You can use your prayer to communicate to God. Brethren, when Paul was talking to the believer, he urged them to set their affection on things on above. That is Colossians 3. Verse 2, set your mind on, thing, on things above, not on things on earth. For you to fellowship with God, you need to set your mind on the things above. So let's pursue, so let's pursue Christ and be active and be active in whatever we do with him. You don't just come to church and sit down and listen. Speak unto God. Praise him and worship him. And God will surprise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us be on our feet. Hebrew 12, 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the authors and finishers of our faith, for the joy that was set, above, uh, set before him, Endure the cross. I will just stop there. Look unto Jesus as you continue to fellowship with God in Jesus' name. Why can't we talk to God and say, Lord, I am ready to continue to fellowship with you. Let your Holy Spirit continue to dwell in my life. 
open your mouth and begin to pray that God endow me with your Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of God lives in you, you will fellowship with him in all the ways. You will worship with him with those six points that we have had today. Speak unto God to help you. Let the Spirit of God live in me. Let it reside in me so that I continue to worship him in my dancing, in my praising, even with my time, even with my resources, that Lord, I will serve you in the mighty name of Jesus. Everlasting Father, we want to thank you for this message of today. We give you all praises and adoration that you've reminded us as this year is the year of fellowship. That you've reminded us that we have to fellowship with you. We need to set our eyes on the, thing on the, of, uh, the things of, on above. Lord, we pray, almighty God, that your spirit continue to guide us and lead us in true fellowship in the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever will not allow us to come closer to you, like sins, Father, we ask for your mercy, you will forgive us in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray that, Lord, every barrier that may set us apart not to fellowship with you, you will remove it in our life in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. We worship you and adore you. For your servant that you have used for us this day, Father, we pray more anointing for him in the mighty name of Jesus. We want to hear more from him. Father, we pray that you will anoint him more in Jesus' name. Bless him. Bless his family. Bless his children. Bless the wife. Bless the work of his hand in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we commit the rest of the program for today, newcomers meet into your hand. Take glory in Jesus' name. Let your name be glorified in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Uh, before we share the grace, uh, all the newcomers, for those of you that know the uh, better directly, please just go there. The door is open already. For those of you that don't know the better, just outside this door, the newcomers group, they'll be waiting for you. They will usher you there. Brethren, joyfully, let us share the grace together in fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy all the days. And we shall dwell forever.